It's the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase, live from Methuen Community Studios. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. If you have a take or comment, feel free to call in by dialing 978 301 6877. That's 978 301 6877. Lots of things happening in the past week and coming up in the week uh, in the world of sports. Let's start with last week's NBA Finals. Champions Milwaukee Bucks. They win it in six. If you recall, lots of callers saying Suns in seven. I went on a limb. I said I disagree. I'm going to Bucks in six. And it ended up Bucks in six with them taking down the Suns 105 to 98 last Tuesday night. And the party was rolling in Milwaukee as they won in Milwaukee. And I'm telling you, I have never seen fans anything like it packed inside. And then if you go outside, it was packed even more fans watching on a Jumbotron. I'm surprised the city didn't burn down after that win. There were so many people and so much excitement happening. And not only to mention, but uh, Giannis was, in fact, uh, in the in the um, in the championship parade. I didn't think he was going to be able to because of the um, because of the Olympics, uh, you know, coming up. But he ended up uh, he ended up being there. And I'll also uh, I'd like to go off on uh, a little side note and congratulate Arlington, Massachusetts native St. John's and St. John's prep graduate. Pat Connaughton on winning the championship as well for the Bucks. Also happening last Tuesday was Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to the White House to meet with President Joe Biden. Tom Brady definitely had a lot of fun at the White House, cracking some jokes at everyone. One towards past President uh, Trump saying many people don't believe the Buccaneers could have won the championship last year. I think about 40% of the people still don't think we won, in which President Biden smiled and responded, I understand that. That wasn't it, though, from the Super Bowl winning quarterback. He continued on to say, and personally, you know, it's nice for me to be back here. We had a game in Chicago where I forgot what down it was. I lost track of one down in 21 years of playing, and they started calling me Sleepy Tom. Why would they do that to me, asking uh, President Biden? And President Biden responded, I don't know. (laughs) Then last Thursday night, the Buccaneers had their Super Bowl ring ceremony, which is now seven Super Bowl rings for Tom Brady. Only three fingers left to cover. Will he do it? Moving on to the MLB and Red Sox news. They have turned things around after not starting off to a hot start after the All-Star break, winning five out of their last six games this past week, winning their series 2-0 against the Blue Jays last Monday and Wednesday, and then also winning their series this past weekend against the New York Yankees 3-1, winning Thursday, Friday, losing Saturday, but winning Sunday. They'll play the Blue Jays again for a four-game series starting tonight and wrapping up on Thursday Then they will play the Tampa Bay Rays for a three-game weekend series starting Friday night and ending on Sunday. This next week of games will be crucial for the Sox as they are only one game ahead of the Rays, so a lot can happen over the next week or so. The MLB trade deadline is also coming up this Friday, so that will be interesting to see if the Sox make any moves to try and improve the team as we are down to the final stretch of the season. Also happening uh, this past uh, weekend sports was the NHL draft. Before the draft happened, though, the Bruins signed Taylor Hall to a four-year, $24 million contract, which is huge for the Bruins and a great move, in my opinion. With the 21st overall pick in the first round of the draft, the Bruins selected right wing Fabian Lasselle. Then with the 85th overall pick in the draft, the Bruins selected center Brett Harrison. Wow. What a great last name he has, huh? With the 117th overall pick, the Bruins selected goalie Philip Svitiback. Then with the 149th overall pick, the Bruins selected forward Oscar Helvick. Following that pick with the 181st overall pick, the Bruins selected defenseman Ryan Mast. With the 213th overall pick, the uh, Bruins selected center Andre Gassou. 
Then they were quickly back on the clock with their last pick of the draft with the 217th overall pick. They selected defenseman Ty Gallagher. So the Bruins definitely selected lots of different position uh, position players, including a goalie, which makes things interesting coming up this next year and may hint towards a Rask departure. Last week, it was announced that Tuka Rask will be undergoing surgery and is also an unrestricted free agent this year. So, like I said, things can get very interesting between now and the season with Tuka Rask. I personally love uh, UMaine graduate... Uh, Jeremy Swayman as the Bruins' uh, future. He has proved that he can play, and I think he should be uh, the Bruins' future. I think that's that's the best move for them. Moving on to NBA news, the NBA draft is coming up this week, so it'll be interesting to see what the Celtics do to try and improve their team. Some information away from the draft is that it is rumored that Bradley Beal, Washington Wizards star, is considering leaving the Wizards all before the draft. One of the teams to be rumored in the mix of getting bail is the Boston Celtics. Apparently, him and Jason Tatum are good friends, and Tatum has been recruiting bail to come play for the Celtics. Moving on to NFL news, training camp starts up this week for the NFL, and the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers are to be rumored to be working out a deal to keep him for the next year, and then he will be leaving after the season is over. After the Rodgers news came out, Devontae Adams also noted that he will now be willing to do a deal with the Packers. It's like they're a package deal, him and Rodgers. It is also rumored that the Patriots Patriots player Stephon Gilmore will be showing up to training camp despite the rumors of him holding out on the team. Past Patriots player Chris Hogan, who recently said he'll be playing professional lacrosse, has been signed by the New Orleans Saints. So it looks like lacrosse is going on pause, and football in the NFL is back in his life. Moving on to the Tokyo Olympics, uh, almost uh, four or five days in, uh, the U.S. is behind Japan in first place at seven, with seven total Gold medals uh, in which Japan has eight. The USA men's basketball team lost early Sunday morning here in the States against France, 83-76. to The USA softball team, though, beat Japan 2-1 to yesterday. In golf news revolving around the Olympics, Bryson DeChambeau has tested positive for COVID-19 and has been replaced by Patrick Reed on the USA golf team. John Rahm also tested positive, the number one, number one uh, player in the world tested positive for COVID, and he won't be completing in the Olympics. W- what is interesting uh, to talk to, just think about, is that uh, John Rahm is apparently fully vaccinated, and he has gotten COVID twice within the past month. So, you you know, I ask, well, how does that happen? You're supposed to have three months of immunity after you test positive, so why are they even testing him? Anyways, I don't know the whole story's story of things, but, you know, I think that is something interesting, um, you know, to be talked about. So anything, that's my uh, that's my opening uh, past week and week coming up to brief. And so if you'd like to call in and weigh in on any of these topics or any other topics, you can dial 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877. You're listening to the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. All right, so just uh, you know, moving on and 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 talking about uh, the the Olympics um, happening in Tokyo. I you know I'm kind of to be honest disappointed with um, with the United States. In fact, I think this is it's one of the um, it's I think it's one of the United States's uh, worst starts. Um, you know of of uh, an Olympics, um, so hopefully they can um, hopefully they can they can catch up and 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 improve because man they they I mean and I know they're not far behind but you know tough tough start to uh, tough start to to say the least. Um, let's go to. Let's go to uh, Robert, uh, Robert from Methuen. What's going on? Hi, Harrison. Good evening. How are you today, Harrison? Doing good. How are you? I am doing fine, thank you. Just a couple of things I want to touch base on, and that's the uh, the Patriots and maybe a little bit about the Olympics. Maybe, it's, And, you know, I'll be really brief. There's a lot of people. 
But I was looking at, I was uh, reading about the Patriots today, Harrison, and there's still 20% of the players who refuse to get COVID shots. Even the first shot, they're not going to get them. You know, Brian Hoyer uh, could be a quarterback, well, who, who is a quarterback, who could be playing, refuses to get it. And, I'm, and you know, Roger Goodell said today uh, that he'll be fining players $14,000 for each player who refuses to get the shot, which is really nothing compared to what they're getting for salaries. No, that's and they pennies. they just don't care. Right, they don't it's, care. It's completely pennies. You know, right, just in care. just in general, I, I mean, you know, if you're, you know, if it's against, you know, your religion or if you have, you know, health problems or, or whatever it is, I, I don't see a reason why not to get the shot. I'm not, you know, I don't want to turn this into a, a political show by any means and, and what's, you know, do this and do that. But I, I, I don't know. Why not? You know, why not? I'm fully vaccinated. Uh, most people I know are fully vaccinated. I, I don't know. I, um, it's just, it's interesting. Yeah, you know, barring politics and religions, you know, when you play in these pro sports, yeah, you know, they, they tend to, like, they own the players. And it's, you know, Robert Kraft's right to demand everybody uh, to get vaccinated if they want to play on their team. But uh, the, the main reason is that they're going to be forfeiting games if there's a number of players who get COVID. Right. And, you know, definitely don't right. want to see the Patriots start forfeiting games. Right, because somebody tests you know, positive. Right. Right. And, you know, all it takes is a couple of guys to get it, and then the game's going to be gone for that week. And by the way, there's no makeups. They're just going to forfeit the game. Right. And, you know, I just think that's awful. You know, uh, when you're playing at that level, you know, it shouldn't even be a question. Um, that's how I feel about that. You know, I just hate yeah. to see the Patriots forfeit any games, or any other team for that matter, too. I, I know Seattle Seahawks has quite a few players who want vaccinated, and they refuse to get vaccinated. But I can see some problems in the in the season coming up with forfeitures. No, you know, I, I mean some of the outbreaks. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I mean, you know, we live in the, in my opinion, the best country in the world, best country around, and and you yeah. know, one of the reasons why it's one of the best countries is because it's a free country, and and you know, it's your choice of. Of of what you do, um, you know. So it comes down to you know you you know you're gonna let somebody tell you that you have to get this vaccine shot. Well, it's a free country, so I mean no. But with these you know with these private you know leagues and and institutions, well yeah they can they can do that. So it's uh, yeah. I think this is just the start of of this of these type of types of things happening. I know a lot of um, lots of schools are now requiring. Um, you know, um, uh, kids to to go back fully vaccinated. I'm a I'm a student at Merrimack College, and they have they've announced that you have to come back. You know, fully vaccinated, and if not, I I I don't even know if that's an option. I you know, uh, despite from you know re- religion uh, religion reasons or you know health health issues, but besides that, I don't know. I you know I don't know what's going to happen. And so all these the private companies and and everything they can do that. They can do that. It's legal. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, we live in the best country in the world and it's a free country and, you know, can do what you want. Oh, absolutely. And I fully agree, Harrison, with you. Fully agree. It's just that, you know, I, <clears throat> I just hate to see any games forfeited. You know? I, I, I uh, agree with you. It will be real. It, it will be really disappointing to see that happen after um, after what we've been, you know, going through the past year uh, and, you know, even the Patriots. The Patriots obviously didn't have a good year last year. I would like to see them really improve. I think this is Cam Newton's chance to really prove himself this year. And man, if they start for you know forfeiting games, having to quarantine, etc., things aren't going to go well. Yeah, totally agree. And that was that was my main concern for the call-in. You know, and I think the other subject matter is just a shout out to a uh, uh, Methuen uh, resident. In the girls' rowing, they won Friday night. They had beat uh, Romania and Australia in the eight-woman rowing, and they're going for gold uh, Thursday night. That's right, Regina and, uh, Regina have... Salmons. Salmons, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's you know really her parents are really good friends with us, and I think after Friday, if they win the gold, that would be wonderful. Is absolutely. Uh, I watched it live. I watched it live on Ruku, uh, you know, late Friday night, and I saw her 
they beat the uh, Romanians and Australians, and now they're going for gold on Friday. So if that happens, I'm going to see what I can do about maybe having her call in. That'd be fantastic. about her Olympic. That'd be fantastic. I would love that. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. You're very welcome, Harrison, and have a good show tonight, like you always do. Thank you. All right. Let me go to uh, Jimmy and Andover. Hey, Harrison, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. I'm going to change the subject here a little bit. That's fine. Um. Want to talk about some local guys that uh, some Central Catholic guys, seeing that you and I are both uh, alum, um, that passed away just not too long ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, three, three legends in my mind. Um, first one was uh, Mr. Warren Hayes, who um, was just an outstanding English teacher at the school for many, many years. Um, his passing came a couple of weeks ago. Um, along with uh, Pat McCarthy. Pat played uh, basketball around the same time I did at Central, and he was a ferocious, ferocious rebounder and an all-around good guy. And uh, the third third person I'd like to mention is um, pound for pound might be the best three-point athlete to ever come out of the school, and that was Billy Bateman. Um, and I, you know, pretty shocking because these guys were, um, you know, pretty young to, uh, to pass on and, um, just wanted to talk about them a little bit. Um, um, how, how much they meant to the community. I know Billy was, um, you know, a teacher in the Lawrence school system for a long time and touched many lives. Pat being a South Lawrence guy, um, I'm sure um, was instrumental in a lot of, um, you know, sports in the area. And Warren touched, you know, a lot, you know, many, many students' lives. And uh, it's it's really funny because um, Warren always said that you would remember one poem in his class. I mean, he was not easy. Let me tell you, Harrison, he was yeah. he was tough. Um, and he always said you'd remember one poem at least. He he, he was really a stickler on by, on um, you know poetry and um, so you know he came to our 50th reunion. I'm a I'm a graduate of 1966. Okay. And um, I actually recited the poem <laughs> back to him, and he, wow. he really got a kick out of it. So yeah, I'm sure um, he was big in big into vocabulary too, and you know how the school was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, was, it was it was it was really family. Yeah. So and um, and it's and I, I it just, still is. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, I was there. I went went down today for a little bit and talked to a couple people that I know there, and um, just uh, it never changes. It's, nope. Um, never. And, and, you know the faces change, but um, the feeling of family um, is consistent. So. You know, I just wanted to mention that. Um, and, um, you know, uh, what are your feelings? on you're, you're a recent graduate. You're, what, uh, probably in your second 20, or third year at, at Merrimack. Yeah, twenty. I was graduate of 2019 uh, uh, from Central. And, you know, I can't really speak uh, about any of these uh, gentlemen besides the fact that, you know, I— People that come out of the the, the central uh, community, they're all they're all great. It's a it's a special place. We're all family, um, and the only the only person I can I can somewhat uh, speak of is is uh, Mr. Billy Bateman. I had his uh, I had his son, uh, Mr. Kevin Bateman, as a as a teacher in sixth grade, and and he was the best. And I can only imagine how much alike he is uh, or he was to his father. And so. Um, you know, I I loved I love Mr. Bateman. He's a great great guy, and you know I'm sure um I'm, well, true. I'm sure his true. father was you just know, like Billy, him. Yeah, Billy was um a, a gentleman, you know, a gentleman's gentleman, and as good as he was on the basketball court, you know, he was just as good on the football field and on the baseball diamond. You know, uh, he's he's pretty much a legend in 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 uh, you know in the in the city. Um, 
one of the best. Um, and I'll, I'll miss him at, when I go to a Central basketball game because he was always in that corner upstairs. Yeah, um, and I, you know, I in fact, I remember, I remember seeing uh, Mr. Billy Bateman and Mr. Paul uh, McGrath at, 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 the, at the games while I, um, I, mm-hmm. I broadcasted them. Right. Um, uh, there's a lot of fans up there. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost like uh, the old Bruins gallery gods up there, you know. Not as boisterous or whatever else. They just kind of sit back and, and watch the games. But, right. you know, there's a lot of uh, old-time players back there, and uh, they're still there rooting on the Raiders, you know. Yep, so, absolutely. Anyway. Thank you for calling in. We a lot of other discussions, but, um, you know, I just wanted to throw that in there. All right, thank you. I appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks for taking my call. Take care. Bye bye. All right. All right. So, anyways, uh, there's uh, Jim. Jim from um, uh, from Andover there calling in about uh, some Central Catholic uh, greats, uh, obviously uh, passing uh, away uh, unexpectedly, unfortunately. Um, and and so, like I said, uh, you know, I remember I remember seeing some of them. Uh, you know, at at the uh, Central Catholic uh, basketball games and and sporting events, uh, when I broadcasted them for um, Methuen uh, Methuen Community Television, now Methuen Community Studios, um, and so so I you know I, I I remember them that way, and then I also you know remember Mister 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 Billy Bateman's. Um, uh, son, uh, Mr. Kevin Bateman, because uh, I had him as a um, as a teacher at the Marsh Grammar School um, in in Methuen. So, so anyways, uh, obviously some sad times uh, for the Central Catholic community with the uh, with the three passing of these uh, with the with passing of these uh, three great three great people. Um, so yeah, uh, anyways, I'll, I'll leave that I'll leave that at that. Um, and just uh, you know, moving on, uh, I'll move on to the uh, to the Red Sox. And uh, first, let me just say, if you'd like to uh, like to call in nine seven eight three zero one six eight seven seven. That's nine seven eight three zero one six eight seven seven. You're listening to Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. All right, let me go to uh, J- uh, Bob and uh, Barreca. Bob, go ahead. Hey, how you doing? Good, you? Good, good, good. I, I tell you, these Red Sox are on fire right now, down 4 nothing yesterday, or going to the eighth inning with having no hits, and they come back and beat the, uh, the hated Yankees. I don't think they can be stopped. Yeah, you know, it seems like it seems like they, they can't be stopped, and, uh, you know, I had lots of negativity uh, on the show last week. Uh, you know, with the with the Red Sox basically going to tank after this All Star game, and how they they already are tanking. I think, you know, they possibly had a two and six record after the All Star game or something like that. But here they are winning the uh, winning their past uh, five out of six games in the past week. So I mean, they're they're doing pretty good. They only lost one game in the past week, and that was to the Yankees. So I'm not I'm pretty happy with where they at now. I wish I wish uh, those those good. Um, those games uh, and those wins gave them a little more of a cushion uh, against against the Tampa Bay Rays, who are just still knocking at their doorstep, uh, one game behind them uh, in second place. Yeah, but look at look, there's, there's four or five days left before the trade deadline, and look at the Red Sox making a couple moves. I think they'll uh, they'll go out and get a steady first baseman that can produce, you know, hit two fifty with a little bit of power, so they can have a consistent batter there, and then uh, Dahlbeck can work his way into that position. Maybe, or maybe they trade him. I don't know. They may, they may get a relief pitcher, and I think they need to get a starter, even though they have, um, you know, Sale coming back. Hopefully, in a couple weeks, he's done well in his rehab. But you just never know, so you want to have some stability there. And I, I watch your show. I, I watch the, I watch your Red Sox show, and I got to say that guy Ray Powell is very negative, isn't he? He is. He is, and and you know, it just, it shows uh, by the color of uh, of the shirt he wears that red. He always has that red Red Sox shirt on. And it's always so negative, so negative. Yeah, I, I think you know you, you get rid of, you get rid of him and that lady Karen. You go with just you and Jamie. You guys have a great show. <laughs> I don't know about that one. I don't know about that I, one. I, no, no, everyone's good. It's a, it's a very good show. But uh, yeah, I, I look forward to it. I, I got to go real quick, but I can't believe that the U.S. basketball team lost yesterday. I'm very disappointed about that. Absolutely. Thanks for calling in, Bob. All right. Thanks. Bye. 
All right, so there's uh, Bob from uh, Berwicka from here with some good points and and one bringing it up. Uh, disappointment over the USA men's basketball team losing against uh, France. Yeah, that is that is disappointing that they lost. Uh, they shouldn't have lost. Um, and, you know, well, here they are. They lost. Uh, end of the story. So like I said, if you'd like to call in, 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877. You're listening to Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. All right, and uh, now let me go to uh, Ray and Methuen. Ray, what's going on? Hey, I, I think I heard my name mentioned in Zane the other a couple of minutes ago. Something you, about wearing a red Red Sox shirt and being very negative. Hey, listen, I, listen, you listen. Negativity, negativity. You're saying the Red Sox are going to tank. After the All-Star break, and here they are, winning their uh, last five out of six games in the past week, and they're still in first place. It's only one one week in. They have a lot more games. Sure, they're exciting, but will they do anything at the trade deadline this week? Well, that's gonna yeah. be that's gonna be interesting to see, and I think uh, something I said in the, in the beginning uh, remarks I had. I think this week is gonna be a big deciding point uh, for the Red Sox, uh, based on you know can they beat the Blue Jays all four games, and then can they beat the Rays, you know at least win the series, if not sweep them, which will be very hard to do. But that's gonna have a big impact on who's in first and second place of the of the AL East. You know, with with the Tampa Bay Rays, only a game behind the Sox. So it's well, it, they're knocking at the doorstep. So it'll be interesting to see on how the Red Sox perform. And then it's going to be interesting to see who the Red Sox get, uh, you know, from the trade deadline if they make any moves. Because, in my opinion, they need to make some moves. And, you know, we'll have to see what they do to help improve the team uh, within the next few months uh, with the end of the season coming to an end? Well, right now, what uh, I was listening to your buddy, uh, Shaughnessy, who, uh, who you had on your college uh, program uh, and did a very, uh, had a, a very good conversation with him uh, back then. But uh, Shaughnessy was on last night, as he always is on uh, set on Sunday nights uh, for those sports wrap-up shows. He really doesn't believe the Red Sox are going to make any moves. He doesn't think that uh, Bloom is wants to part with any of his prospects. Uh, but if he does part with some, he would like to see him go for uh, Rizzo of the of the Cubs. He says Rizzo will really solidify the the Red Sox coming over because he's a proven proven player and uh, the problem with with Rizzo is he'll be demanding a big contract at the end of the season so it's going to be interesting to see if uh, Bloom does something to uh, bring him on board uh, the Rays have already done something by picking up Cruz from I believe it was uh, uh, the Twins and he already has contributed uh, by hitting a home run for them so you know, there's a guy, although he's 41 years old, he still has some pop in his, his bat. And uh, it's, it'll, it'll be uh, very interesting to see. Speaking of pop, it, pop in someone's bat, our Methuen boy, uh, Dominic Keegan, has gone down to uh, play summer ball with the Cape League, and he's playing for uh, Dennis Yarmouth. Well, in his first seven games, he already has four home runs. So he is uh, really putting on a show down there, and it's going to be interesting to see just how many spots, uh, you know, here we're projecting uh, a year in advance. But it looks like Dominic uh, has things together. He's uh, he's working out well down at Dennis Yarmouth. Uh, while the uh, scouts didn't uh, particularly want to uh, put him in the upper echelon as far as hitters uh, are concerned in this past draft, I think he may be turning uh, 
turning some eyes and uh, and he will be a force to contend with uh, we hope when he goes back to uh, Vanderbilt and helps that Vanderbilt team yeah but uh, absolutely yeah that, that's something and it's going to be interesting now you sort of touched a little bit about it the uh, the Celtics and, and the NBA draft now what do the Celtics need as far as uh, they they they, they need they need a big man underneath the hoop absolutely they need a so, big man underneath the hoop and and I think they probably need they'd probably need another uh, you know like a shooting guard they they you know they need somebody to score points they have Tatum um, but you know well, I they have Tatum they have Brown. Uh, yeah, but Jalen Brown, I think, is Jalen Brown still hurt or, or injured? Or, you know, he'll probably be ba- I guess he got injured in the playoffs and he'll be back uh, for the season. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Still. Well, I, you know, that's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But a lot of interesting things have happened just within this past week. Not only, and I'll admit, yes, the, the, uh, the Red Sox, have won five of six coming out of the break, so good for them. Uh, this is a big series starting tonight against Toronto, and then this upcoming weekend it will be uh, a very important series against Tampa Bay. But uh, you know the Bruins, the Bruins. You mentioned it in your opening talk. The Bruins went for that uh, 18-year-old Swedish kid uh, who's a wing. So it's going to – they say that he has a tremendous shot and he's able to uh, get free in front of the uh, the net. But And, you know, by, and by the way, just to put it into yeah. perspective, the fact that this kid is 18 years old and he's being drafted into the NHL is, is – pre- it shows actually how good – this kid is, uh, you know, I know a lot of people who are really good uh, in, in, in hockey and they're trying to make the NHL and it is very hard to do. It's a hard process. I mean, you have to go to high school, then you have to go to preparatory high school and then you have to go to, uh, you know, the junior, um, you know, junior hockey, they call it basically. Yeah, and you have Canada, to, And then you have right, to yeah. and then you have to perform well there. And then you have to go to college, and then you know you probably get a retro. I mean, the t- by the time you're done all that, I mean, you're thinking you're probably 25 years old, probably at least, at least, you know. So the fact that this kid is 18 and he's being drafted, uh, you know, in the draft, that shows a lot of of how good this kid is. You know, if some people are saying, "Oh, what the heck are we doing uh, drafting an 18 year old?" Oh, well, don't you worry. If this kid's 18. And and he got drafted. It means he is pretty good. Well, I think one of the things that that hurts a lot of uh, a lot of these kids is that number one, they sold the bill of goods while they are in high school. Uh, perhaps they show some flash as a freshman in high school, and all of a sudden you're getting these uh, uh, these scouts or these uh, advanced men. They're talking to their parents. They're they're doing this, they're doing that, and they're convincing the kids to leave high school and go, uh, well, basically it's go to Canada and perfect their hockey abilities. But once they get up there, while they're still continuing on their, their high school schooling, you know, it's a concentration of hockey, hockey, hockey all the time. And a lot of these kids get burnt out, or a lot of these kids they don't want to admit the fact that there is somebody who is much better than they are. I I think I think the era uh, of all these scouts and having these kids bounce from this place to that place, uh, whether it's in in baseball or hockey, uh, basketball, you know, these kids are convinced that the school they're going to isn't the best fit for them. So they should uh, simply go to they should go get uh, to private private uh, institutions or, or private leagues so that they can perfect. And I think that hurts the kids because it gets them out of their real element of growing up 
associating with tears. So I'm not too much of a fan, uh, too much of that type of a fan. And of course, you have all these leagues that pop up no matter what uh, sport it is. And these kids are being told from uh, being eight years old, they can make us, you know, they can make the uh, all-star team and play. But, but uh, you know what it is? The problem AAU is, the problem is, that. is that these coaches and these and these schools are saying you can only play this one sport. If you want to play football and you want to make it in football, you can only play football. You can't go play baseball uh, in the spring and go play basketball in the winter. You have to be my star player for football and you have to work out around the clock even if you're not, you know, playing in the season. Well, you you know, as far as uh, we'll just take football as an example, uh, a lot of the I find a lot of there are a lot of these basketball uh, there are football. a lot of these high school high school uh, coaches who do insist and their kids have to play uh, this that and the other right they have to play in, in advanced leagues to advance themselves. Football players, it's a little different in that you don't have the, especially during the winter, you don't you don't have those extra uh, leagues. I think what the what the uh, coaches at that point are thinking about is that you you can continue with your conditioning, whether it's uh, lifting weights to get stronger, or uh, I don't think they have at that time. They don't have the specialized schools, or even if they do have specialized schools, the athlete still is able to compete in winter uh, winter sports. A lot, I know a lot, uh, and I've been around a long time, a lot of the football coaches would like the athletes, their football players, to play on the track team, to be on the track team. All right, uh, well, I'm going to... I have another call coming in, so I'm going to have to let you go uh, with that with that uh, on, on on there. So I appreciate you uh, calling in. Okay, no problem. All Thanks right. So there's uh, Ray from Methuen for you, and let me go to uh, Cedric uh, from Andover. Cedric, go ahead. Harry, Harry, how we doing? Doing fantastic. It's a Monday afternoon, and I'm on the radio, and I'm on the radio with you. How much better can it get? Not much better. How's the golf game going, Harry? Golf game is going pretty good. Did I did I tell you I shot a seventy-seven uh, at Haverhill? You did not tell me that. Seventy-seven at Haverhill, best I've ever played. Uh, that was last week, so I was thrilled. I was thrilled with that. That's pretty nice, Harry. That's pretty good. You know, once your shoulder gets better and and you come play golf with me, you know, you're gonna have to, you know, you know. It's going to be close. It's going to be a close one. Yeah, I'll have to play pretty good to keep it close with you, Harry. <laughs> so what's going on? Maybe if your definition of strokes of close is within 15 strokes. All right. There, all right uh, okay, I'll give you 15 strokes then. All right, Harry. Based on the handicaps. Um, first of all, Harry, we got to see, what is wrong with USA basketball? I don't know. I don't know, but but they were a disappointment, if you ask me. First of all, yeah, we don't have Kawhi, Paul George, LeBron, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis. Probably what would be four of your five starting five in a perfect roster isn't there. But regardless, this is United States basketball. We're supposed to show up and roll everybody. We lose to Nigeria in a consolation game that eight years ago, or 12 years ago, I forget which, which, we beat them by 77 points, Harry. Yeah. USA basketball, the world's catching up. It's awesome to see. Now, obviously, I think that we won't win this year, and the response is going to be all the stars will play in 2024, and hopefully in 2028, since that one's in Los Angeles, we'll get everybody. So the, yeah. Really, losing this one, I think, basically guarantees us 2024, since all the stars will want to you know, be on another regime team like in 2008, and obviously 2020, 2028, we're going to have all the stars in L.A. But, again, the rest of the world is catching up. you got Luka Doncic putting up 48 points 
and 14 assists overnight last night. And he was also unbelievable in the uh, qualifying game against Lithuania. You've got France killing us with Fournier and Rudy Gobert. Spain's an unbelievable team. You've got Nigeria with Mike Brown, who rolled us already. Obviously, the Aussie, the Opals down in Australia are a really good squad. So I think, you know, the USA, we're still the best. We're not going to win it this year. But the rest of the world is catching up. And I think part of it is FIBA adopted NBA rules with the paint, but try to be a little bit more like the NBA, which now suits some of these NBA players going to the other countries. But also, it's a more physical game, Harry. They don't call these little touch fouls. That's right. You can't get Trey Young falling all over the place. You've got to earn your buckets, and you're allowed to play some good, hard-nosed, early 2000s, 1990s physical defense. And these NBA players, they're struggling with it a little bit, while these FIBA guys, you know, they're more used to it. And it's impressive to see, and it's been fun to watch. And as much as I'd like to see USA win, it's exciting to see some of these other teams play. You know, wake up at 8 in the morning. You really don't get to watch, but Sunday morning we got to watch. It was nice. Yeah, absolutely. Now let me ask you this, Cedric. Do you think the fact that uh, Coach K is not coaching has a big impact on on the USA performance? I mean, look, man, Popovich. I mean, you can say we love Coach K. They've got Popovich, Jay Wright, and Steve Kerr on the bench. I don't think coaching is an issue when you've got those three guys. I agree. Or it shouldn't be. You know, maybe the roster's not great. You know, when JaVale McGee's on your national team, that's not ideal. Um, You know, I do think maybe it's best to have a college coach, but we do have Jay Wright. You know, it's probably good to have a guy like when they had Bayheim with Coach K and, you know, Tibbs, those Tom Tom Thibodeau, since they do allow more physical defense. Remember, they don't have defensive three seconds in FIBA, so you can play those zone defenses and really load up paint, which can force more contested jump shots, which you'd think would be beneficial to Team USA. So, yeah, I mean, it's fun to see. USA is getting caught up to in basketball. I think the response in 24 and 28 is going to be gold medals for the USA, but it's going to be really exciting to see who can pull off the championship this year. And, you know, whoever does do it immediately becomes a legend in their country. And whoever is the best player on this team that wins this gold medal basically locks themselves up a chance at the Hall of Fame. Because remember, it's not the NBA Hall of Fame. It's the Basketball Hall of Fame. Right. So that's why Manu Ginobili is a lock for it, because he was the best player in Argentina. And then you look at Luis Scola, who is, what, 44 years old, still playing for the Argentinian team. He's a legend in Argentina because he was the next best player on that gold medal team in 2004. So, maybe the USA doesn't win, which stinks, but we get a chance to see somebody's going to turn themselves into an all-time basketball legend, and that is that is what's super exciting to see. Yeah, a- absolutely. And let me stay on the... We'll move away from the Olympics a little bit, uh, Cedric, and let's move on uh, to the into the NBA, into into the Celtics. The NBA draft is, is coming up. And there are now rumors about the Celtics getting Bradley Beal. What are your thoughts about that? Well, first of all, anytime you get a player like Bradley Beal, you have to take a chance, right? Now, yep. if it means giving up Jalen Brown, I'm out. If it means giving up Marcus Smart, as much as it would hurt, you have to do it. I get, like I get rid of Smart. I get rid of Smart for him. A player like Bradley Beal is just unbelievable. All right. Remember a couple years back when we had Isaiah Thomas? Bradley Beal almost single-handedly beat us in that game set with 40-something points. I mean, this guy is a guy who just barely lost the scoring title this year. He's an unbelievable player. Him and Jason Tatum have been, like, basically cousins since they were kids. And I'm a huge believer in Donnie Nelson basketball, where you've got as many wings on the floor as you can. All right? So I'm happy with bringing in Beal as long as we keep Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I'd love to run out lineups with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Bradley Beal on the floor at the same time. Now you've got three big wings. You can switch everything. You can gain rebounds. You can run the floor. All four, three can handle the ball. All three can push the ball in transition. All three can push the ball ahead. 
all three can shoot, all three can get the hoop, all three can create themselves and create for others. It just gives you an ultimate switchable defense and base and attack offense. Now, if you play that with Rob Williams, and who knows who the point guard's going to be, you can play it without Horford. I think if we go get Bradley Beal, we'll probably be giving up Horford. But we'll see what happens. I'd like to see the three of them on the team. I'd like to see us go get another another win. Some people say we're going to get Lonzo. That's a big point guard. Another guy who can gain rebounds, who can switch basically everything with those other guys, just not on the center. Yeah. Another guy who will pick the ball ahead, can push the ball in transition, and can keep the ball moving. I think if that was your lineup, that would be a really great Celtics team to watch, and I'd be excited about that. So, yeah, if Bradley Beal comes to Celtics, I'm all in as long as it doesn't mean giving up Jalen Brown. If it means giving up Jalen Brown, I'd hang up the phone. Because Jalen Brown is the future. Bradley Beal's a little older, and he's not that much better. I'd rather build with Jalen than mortgage everything for Bradley Beal. If we can get both of them, that would be an unbelievable team to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. So what else, What else, Cedric? Any, anything else? Maybe the Red Sox? Anything about the Red Sox? Trade deadline's coming up. They've won their. Uh, they've won five out of their last six games. I had some callers last week call in and say, listen, uh, you know, history says the Red Sox are going to, uh, you know, basically tank because that's what they do after the uh, All-Star game. Do you think that's the direction the Sox are going in? Or after winning these uh, the five out of six games, you think they're uh, heading in a different uh, direction and a more positive direction. Terry, you got to call those callers back and ask them what they're talking about. History <laughs> says we take after the All-Star game. Yeah, when we think this is a good team. All right, Harry? Yeah, I listen, I, gr- I agree with you. We've got a manager in Cora who knows what he's doing, okay? And he really knows how to manage the locker room. So if he keeps those guys happy, he keeps them fresh. Absolutely, I agree. You can cry about this game or that game. You know, we blew that game on Saturday against the Yankees, but then we came back and we stole them from them in the eighth inning on Sunday. It's a team that's resilient. It's a team that makes, you know, hits in situational situations. Now, I don't watch a lot of them, but all I know is we got Chris Dale coming back. We've got as good of a middle of the order as anybody in the MLB. And we got a manager who knows how to manage the team and keep them all fresh and happy. So tank after the All-Star game, I don't see it. Obviously, it's not happening. I think we're really going to push it all the way through first place throughout the season. The Yankees, they stink. We don't have to worry about them. They might not even make the playoffs. They should fire everybody over there. You know, their Fairweather fans are probably crying like crazy. But that's really all I have to say about baseball. Uh, The Red Sox, I will say, Harry, uh, it's nice to see when the teams in Boston are doing well. This is is title town. We are the city of champions. We haven't had a championship in a little bit now. Obviously, Obviously, we did win the Super Bowl this year, though, Harry. But... I think we have a chance of seeing another World Series out of the Red Sox this year. I agree with you. I'm with you on that. Absolutely. And for anyone listening, I know the Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl, but if you're anything like me, you went to Tampa Bay with Tommy, and you're counting it for your personal championship uh, trophy case. All right. All right. And and listen— before anybody says it, I'm sure everybody has already said it. Say it, but I think Brady's going to win his eighth this year. Oh, without a doubt, Harry. It's a joke how good that Buccaneers team is, and you can just see how much fun Tommy's having. Oh yeah, it's Tommy's league. We're just living in it. Mahomes lost his offensive line. Aaron Rodgers is off flirting with retirement every single day. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is getting replaced by a third round draft pick. Who else is there? Who else can beat Tom Brady? Well, listen, here's here's an interesting fact, uh, uh, Cedric, is that after the um, after it was announced that Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are working out a deal uh, to have Aaron come back this year and then leave next year, uh, the, the Packers have now become one of the favorites uh, to win the Super Bowl along with the Chiefs and along with the Bucks. So just something interesting to throw in there. 
Yeah, well, you know, just like every year, they're always everybody's favorite in July and in August, and Rodgers is always the MVP favorite throughout the year. And what happens once it gets cold? It's Tom Brady's league. He's the baddest dude around. He comes to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. And you know what's the thing about Tom Brady and the thing about Bill Belichick? Is they always intimidate you and they make you think you can't make mistakes. They say, we can't make a mistake against this guy because this guy is so good that if we make a mistake, he's going to capitalize and we're going to be completely out of this game. So these teams, they play to not make a mistake. And then when you play timid and you play afraid, you make mistakes and you make dumb decisions. And they play so timid and afraid against these guys, especially in the playoffs, that they just, like a guy like Dan Rodgers, he just can't beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. A coach like Matt LaFleur, he just can't beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. It's just, it's a fact of life. They're not going to do it. They get timid. They get nervous. They they are so afraid of making mistakes. The only person who can play perfect when he needs to is Tom Brady. And he showed it when he was down 23. He, they said, McDaniel said, we can't make mistakes. It's no more my bad. No more mistakes. We need to be perfect. And Tom Brady went out there and was perfect. There's no one else in the history of the NFL that can do what Tom Brady does. I agree. I agree. I'm with you. All right, Harry, I'm headed to a 10-year reunion. Really? The Little League team I was on that was one game away from Williamsport. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah, we, we got our 10-year reunion today, Harry. Wow. Crazy to spend 10 years. You know, now that I'm going to 10-year reunions, it makes you feel old. Yeah, that can definitely hit you, I think. That can definitely hit you that way. <laughs> that was a heck of a summer, but I wish it ended a little better. All right. I will, uh, I'll I'll talk to you later. You have fun tonight at your 10-year uh, uh, almost going to Louisville uh, reunion, and uh, maybe I'll talk to you next week if you're around. All right, Harry. Always great catching up with you. I'll see you later. All right. Thanks, my man. All right. Bye, buddy. All right, so there you have uh, Cedric uh, from Andover uh, for you, um, talking, talking, and you know, talking basically everything. You get the NBA out of him, you get the uh, MLB, and um, NBA, MLB, and the NFL. So there you go. Uh, and again, if you'd like to call in, I have about uh, seven minutes left, so you can dial in nine seven eight three zero one six eight seven seven. That's 978-301-6877. You're listening to the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. All righty, and so uh, again, if you'd like to call in, have about seven minutes left here on the show, 978-301-6877. 9783016877. So lots of good points uh you know made by made by uh Cedric the last caller lots of good lots of good points made by uh Ray from Methuen. I mean and at the end of the day we have great points by uh all the callers and all the listeners that uh text and uh call me uh throughout the show. So I'd like to uh I'd like to thank uh all of you uh, uh for your feedback and just uh you know running you know, running down, um, you know, just recapping recapping the show in the next uh, five or so minutes. Uh, you know, the Red Sox, you know, have had a great last week, winning five out of their six games, you know, winning a uh, winning their series against the Blue Jays. Supposed to be a three-game series, but uh, got moved to a two-game series because uh, the game in the middle on Tuesday uh, got postponed, so... That got moved. I, you know, don't hold me to the date, but I think it's like August sixteenth or August seventeenth uh, that that they'll be making up that game. So, anyways, they had that. They they won those two games, and then they won their uh, four game series against the Yankees, which was a good, uh, which was a uh, a, a big win. Uh, won the series three one, only losing one game to them. So that was another big one. And then you know they they play play the Blue Jays uh, again. Uh, in fact, tonight. Tomorrow night, Wednesday night, and Thursday night for a four-game series, and then they play the Tampa Bay Rays for a three-game uh, weekend series. Friday night, ending uh, you know Friday, Saturday, and uh, Sunday. 
So there is a lot on the table happening for the Red Sox this week, and lots of things can change, including um, in, in, including the uh, the the uh, what you call it. Um, the place they're in. They're in first place. They're only a game ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, if they lose their games, if they lose a game against the Rays, you know, it could mean that they lose first place or they're or that they're that they're tied um, for first place. I got a, I got a text and somebody asked me for uh, for a whole by whole recap of uh, of my seventy seven. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna board uh, everybody with that. I'll uh, I'll save it to you. If uh, if you would really want one, you can just give me a call anytime, any day. I'll give you play by play action. Anyway, so the Red Sox have a have a big week um, week week coming up and and rest of the season. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. Like I said, these you know they are really under the clock. If they can win two or even three games against you know against uh, against the Rays this weekend, that's going to be big. They they have to win the series, I think, to stay in first place. You know, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens um, as far as that is concerned because the Red Sox just do not have have that much uh, of a cushion. Uh, let me go to Roger in Salem. Roger, what's going on? Harrison, how are you? Doing good. How are you? Well, I'm I'm fine and dandy right near the end, but the only thing that I wanted to bring up besides the fact that I predicted that Anthony Rizzo was going to be the target. That's anyway, right. Um, uh, the uh, USA men's basketball team, you know what? Those guys are a bunch of prima donnas. They got it handed to themselves, and I wouldn't doubt if they lose another two games. Wow. Just, you know, well, they, 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 think of who's there. I mean, these guys are like unbelievably prima donnaed. So that's really, you know, I don't feel bad for them at all. They can read all their press clippings. They can all, you know, read how much money each one of us is making. But the bottom line is, are they a team? I doubt it. They're all individuals. So that's my take on the USA basketball team. All right. Well, there you have it. How about the Red Sox? You know, last week, last week you said the Red Sox were going to tank. You said they were going to no, tank. Yeah, I think no, so. You got me confused with that other guy. Uh, I don't the know about that. Red. I might have to go back and listen. I might you have go to go back and listen. I might have to go back and listen. You think the <laughs> So, all right. So, listen, they won 5 out of their last 6 games. You think they're going toward, towards a positive yeah. thing or, you know, what do you think? They have a big series this weekend against the Rays. Yeah, that absolutely. that that can make or break them. And then you have this trade deadline stuff happening. You know what? 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 Give me your quick thought of that. A quick thought of what? I'm sorry, I missed what. Just the Red Sox. Just the Red Sox. How they're doing right now? Winning five out of their last six. They have the Tampa Bay Rays coming up this weekend in in the trade deadline. Well, as I said, I I think the tra- the Rizzo is the guy that they're going to try to go for, but we'll see what happens there. But as far as the Red Sox, you know what? I put the game on yesterday in the seventh inning oh and i kind of did i did other things and i was kind of listening to it and then all of a sudden there's one base hit yeah there's another there's five in a row and you got you got to you know you're shaking your head and you're saying where was this last night or yesterday the game that they right you know, they, the, they, they lost saturday and, night and then so you've got those emotions going for you you know as far as they're gonna tank and then all of a sudden you know the last game they played Unbelievable comeback! Yeah, so absolutely. You know, I I can't go against them. Reminds you know, me of the easy. reminds me of the uh, World Series winning team. There you go. All right, and they are likable guys. That's right. They're likable. That's right. It's a nice team. Yeah. So you just hope the pitching. Uh, well, I'm I'm a little suspect on the pitching. Okay. Uh, but but we'll see. You know, maybe even Kimball will come back. Which, by the way, Barnes drives me crazy. I mean, there, there are so many times you say he's throwing, he throws too many balls, too many, he walks too many, and I don't know what the stats are, but you look at him and you say, 
Oh, my God. Throw it <laughs> over the plate. All right. Jeez. Well, listen, I'm going to have to drop All you right. on that comment because yeah, it's 6 o'clock and I I'm know. against the clock. <laughs> All right. Thanks for calling in. You take, take care. All right. All right. So there's uh, Roger from Salem. And that's going to do it for me on another Monday. It's the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. Follow me for day-to-day hourly updates on Twitter by following Harrison Chase 5. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to The Sports Talk with Harrison Chase, Mondays at 5, only on Methuen Community Studios.